Hello and Merry Christmas and I wish you all a Happy New Year when it comes to use. I want to share a message from the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, telling, foretelling Jesus' kingdom on earth. So I'm looking at Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, and it reads here. For unto us a child is born, unto us a child is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it, to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth ever forever. And the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The author of this book is Isaiah and from the words of the first chapter saying that he was the son of Amos mentioned in the book of Isaiah chapter 1 verse 1 and also in chapter 2 verse 1 and forward a bit in chapter 13 verse 1. And he saw visions concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz and Hezekiah, king of Judah. And you'll find in the New Testament, in the New Testament Gospels, it mentions Isaiah as the author. And when you read the name Isaiah, it is in the Greek word for Isaiah. So in if you look in Matthew chapter 8 verse 16 and 17 it reads that the might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet and in Luke chapter 3 verse 4 it reads as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet saying and in John chapter 12 verses verse 38 it says here that the saying of Isaiah, the prophet, might be fulfilled. And, and in your own time, in your own time, in your own time of study, um, you can find more in the book of Acts chapter 8, etc. It's worth doing this study on him. So, Isaiah was, he was very articulate in his writing and he had access to the royal family meeting he had meeting like four different reigns of kings in Judea called Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz and Hezekiah and Jewish tradition says that he was killed by being sawn in two by King Manasseh the son of King Hezekiah and through the book of Isaiah was written for for the was written for Israel who were supposed to represent God to the world and through their disobedience God punished them and sent them into captivity and were cut off for a while and Isaiah 
we come to this book and we and as we start in chapter 9 it's worth knowing that that Isaiah is the first book in the prophets with 17 books five major and so and and 12 minor they are they are named major and minor not because of their writing influence but it is the size of the books Isaiah is the biggest of the books with 66 chapters and the book was written with chapters 1 to 39 of God's judgment of the sin on the nations or like Judah, Assyria, Moab etc. And during his ministry around 700 BC with the rest of the book written near the end of his life about 681 BC from chapters 40 to chapters 40 to chapter 66 and God will again establish them again and deliver them from captivity and these chapters are about hope and comfort like Isaiah the prophets were seers from the book of 1 Samuel chapter 9 verse 9 it reads before time in Israel when a man went to inquire of God Thus he spake, come and let us go to the seer, for, for he that is now called a prophet was before time called a seer. And if you look back in Isaiah chapter 2 verse 1, the word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judea and Jerusalem. This was supernatural. It, in, in that though Isaiah's, Isaiah's vision, he saw the word. So, so in a way, um, so Isaiah spoke in place of God through the visions he saw. An example of this is in Exodus chapter 7 verse 1 and it reads here. And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a god of Pharaoh, and Aaron thy brother shall be thy prophet. Thou shalt speak all that I command thee, and Aaron thy brother shall speak unto Pharaoh. And he sent the children of Israel out of the land. That's the end of that verse. And this is where, where Aaron was made a prophet and to speak in place of Moses so that God so that what this was what God had commanded and this message is very much for us as Christians as the Jewish people because we have been grafted in as it is written through the book of Romans chapter 11 we can study that chapter another day but in brief we know that the olive tree is a symbol of Israel, where we read that Paul is explaining that Israel being a natural being the natural branches of the good tree, and us of the Christian Gentiles are the branches of wild of the of a wild olive tree. And now we Christians share that nourishment, that nourishment of the tree based on faith in God. 
a great illustration of this theme and the whole book of Isaiah from John Vernon McGee and gives us idea. As the New Testament presents the Lord Jesus Christ it and its theme, so Isaiah presents the Lord Jesus Christ as his theme. Isaiah has been called the fifth evangelist. The book of Isaiah has been called the, the fifth gospel. And Christ's virgin birth, his character, his life, his death, his resurrection and his second coming are all presented in Isaiah with def definitiveness and clarity. And Bernard McGee quotes, tells you to see these, these chapters. Chapter 1, um, 1 Peter one ten and 11, Luke chapter 4 verses 16 to 22 and Isaiah 61 verses 1 to 4. And that's the end of um, John, Ver John Vernon McGee's quote. And so we have we have um, these kind of um, these attributes listed about Jesus. We see um, in your own time you can look these up. But um, Christ's virgin birth in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. And you can see his character. Compassionate in chapter 53 verse 4. He is Gentile in chapter 42 verse 3. He is great in chapter 53 verse 12. He is just in chapter 11 verse 4. He is meek in chapter 53 verse 7. He's perservant in chapter 42 verse 4. He is radiant in chapter 42 verse 6. He is righteous in chapter 11 verse 5. He is sinless in chapter 53 verse 9. He is wise in chapter 11 verse 2 and these attributes also mention his life in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2 and Isaiah chapter 11 verses 3 and 4 Isaiah 42 verse 4 Isaiah 42 verse 7 Isaiah 53 verse 4 Isaiah 53 verse 6 Isaiah 53 verse 12 and Isaiah 53 verse 5 Lots of verses. Hopefully you can look these up or if I put the PDF online you can look these up. But you also see the attributes listed of his death in Isaiah chapter 52 verse 13 which goes on to chapter 53 to verse 12 and his resurrection in Isaiah chapter 60 verses 2 and 3 and his second coming. Isaiah is full of material on the second coming. And we further, and as we go further in the sermon, we'll look some of these up in these verses. So with all these attributes listed, I want to, I want to, in this message, is to concentrate this, mo this moment on Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, um, where we read of God's procl proclamation to us. And he reads here, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, and Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. 
And we also read a couple of verses back in Isaiah chapter 7, verses 14. And it says here, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now Jesus is not coming as a child, but as a servant to die. He died once and bore our sins on the cross. On the cross, He is now coming to reign and to establish His eternal kingdom. And this is why, this is why we therefore celebrate Christmas. So what is this kingdom? The kingdom is called the Millennial Kingdom or is called a thousand year reign of Jesus Christ or the Millennium Reign here on earth. And it's mentioned six times in Revelation chapter 20 verse 2, verses 2 to 7. And the thousand year reign will happen after the seven year tribulation. I want to look at three aspects of these two verses of Isaiah. And a first point, I want to look at Jesus' ministry, preaching repentance for the kingdom of earth is at hand. And our second point will be Jesus' character as king and how we will govern his kingdom here on earth, on how he will govern his kingdom here on earth. And thirdly, Jesus' righteous governance during the kingdom here on earth. So, our first point, Jesus' ministry, preaching repentance for the kingdom of earth is at hand. On earth is at hand. In Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, it was 700 or so years before the birth of Jesus. Isaiah's vision is penned and shares this epic event that he saw of the birth of Jesus Christ. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And this is the whole point why we celebrate Christmas. For we read, unto us a child is born. This is the birth of Jesus in Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 to 25. And in Luke chapter 1 verses 26 to 45. Let's quickly, quickly look at chap um, Matthew chapter 1. In Matthew chapter 1 verse 18, if you want to go there yourself, you can do. And in Matthew 1 chapter, in verse 18 we read, Now that, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to jo Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. We read on this wise or in this way, Mary was espoused or engaged to Joseph. Being engaged is much the same here in the UK where you are engaged to be married in the future. In the Jewish 
culture being engaged was more stricter and linked together and it was kind of linked together as a legal kind of marriage and and in that engagement it could only be broken through death or divorce so it's a lot stricter than if we are the engagements here in in the UK so in Matthew chapter 1 verse 19 it reads here then Moses her husband being a just man and not willing to make her public um, uh, her a public example was minded to put her away privately Joseph her husband her fiance he was a just man a good man it must have been been hard to comprehend the emotions that that Mary must have cheated on him but Joseph did not want to disgrace her publicly maybe because of his embarrassment but he was he but he had the right to to divorce her and she could have been stoned to death as the law states in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 22 verses 23 to 24 24 but as a just man he plans to divorce her privately with no stigma and verse 20 of Matthew chapter 1 it reads here but while he thought on these things behold an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream Joseph the son of David Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. A troubled Joseph, though thought on he must have thought on these things and considered what to do with Mary, and 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 an angel appeared to him in a dream, maybe Gabriel. But we see the, the angel addressing him as the son of David. This is, this we see his part in the genealogy regarding in his own time. And reading, if you read this in your own time in, in Luke chapter 3 verse 23 to 28. We see that um, Mary is a descendant of David making Jesus part of the royal lineage where he will sit on David's throne during the millennium reign as we look as we look at this later in this sermon. And the angel tells Joseph not to be afraid. He tells him to take Mary to be his wife. Tell him and tells him that that the baby inside her was conceived by the Holy Ghost. And next in verse twenty one and it reads here, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And lastly, before I make this this chapter of Matthew our main sermon, let's look down in verses twenty two and twenty three, where it brings us back to the study here in Isaiah. So Matthew one Chapter 1 verses 22 and 23 reads here. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord, by the prophet, saying, 
And this is it in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. Behold a virgin shall be with a child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which has been interpreted as God with us. This shows us that Jesus is both God and human. It is a sad fact today that the Jewish people still read Isaiah and are ex expecting the Lord coming. And But we know as Christians that the Lord came. I have a feeling that during the future event for us believers, the tribulation, is that the Jewish people around the world in our days will be suckered, will be totally suckered into following the Antichrist. And we read back in our main text in verse 6, and it reads here, And the government shall be upon his shoulder. Also in verse 7, Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. So, looking at these, these verses 6 and 7, who is this government and what shall be upon his shoulders? We see from the verses we, who will be the governor and being a child that is born and a son given. This is Jesus. And why will we need this government? It is to fulfil God's promise to David in the establishment of the of the Davidic, Davidic covenant through the through Nathan the prophet in Second Samuel chapter seven verse four and seventeen, and Jesus came from the the lineage of David and his genealogy in Matthew chapter one, where he is presented as the son of David and the son of Abraham. In the future, Jesus will sit on the throne of David during the millennium, thousand years. In Second Chronicles chapter 21, verse 7, it says here, How about the Lord should not destroy the house of David because of the covenant that he had made with David, and he, and as he promised to give a light to him, and his sons forever. The Lord will not destroy the house of David because of his promise that his descendants would continue to rule shining like a light or a lamp forever as we will see Jesus take the throne during the millennium. And in Jeremiah chapter 23 verse 5 it reads Behold the days come saith the Lord that I will raise unto David a righteous branch and a king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and, just, ju and justice in the earth. The Lord will raise up a righteous descendant from the King David's branch or family line and that is Jesus. And where is this government? In Luke chapter 1 verses 33 
verses 32 to 33, it tells us Jesus will return to the earth and will establish himself as king in Jerusalem, sitting on the throne of David. And when was this prophecy of this government going to happen? Well, well, that could not be fulfilled while Jesus walked here on earth, nor is it an event soon after his ascension. But this prophecy has still not been, is not fulfilled in our time, but it is coming. Now, now how is this government going to be established? Well, this way, the world, the world, and in, 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 in the way the world is today, where we, we, where we have come from, from a, a year or a year or so from the the, the SARS COVID coronavirus that struck the planet with death on the elderly and vulnerable, with who had these kind of underlying health issues. And the scary thing is that people are still getting ill from taking the injection that is supposed to, to help them. And the kind of leaders at the G20 summit and, and of, the, of the WHO who want to introduce a global digital vaccine post passport, this is sick. They want us to, they want to control what we can buy, eat, buying fuel, what kind of heating system you can have in your home and what car you can drive. And all this is so they can control us on a mobile phone app. But it will be a tool for the Antichrist during the tribulation. And we can see in these times that Jesus is coming for his church who those who are born again will be caught up in the rapture with believers who have passed away before this time. On earth, while the born again believers are with Jesus in heaven, the world will go through the tribulation which will last seven years. And when this when and 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 the end of the tribulation Jesus will will come and set his kingdom for a thousand years, the millennium, described in Revelation chapter 20, and where he will rule the earth with the saints, as we read the word of Isaiah, and, and the words in here in these verses in Isaiah, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Our second point, Jesus' character as king on how he will govern his kingdom here on earth. And as we read, and as we read this, and his name, and his name shall be called, and his name shall be called. And to, and Isaiah gives us five names which they aren't literal names that he is called, but they are characteristics of five glorious names of Jesus or of or who he is and what he will come to do as. He ministers as he ministers here on earth and dies on the cross for our sin 
but this passage leads more leads more to to the reign during the millennium the thousand years and i want to concentrate just five aspects of jesus character and actions on how he will govern govern through the millennium reign we read here jesus is the wonderful counselor the two words here have a comma to separate the words but it's best translated together as wonderful counselor wonderful wonderful is hard to describe because i have no kind of vocabulary just to describe it but i can share that that but jesus is so wonderful he is incomprehensible we see is wonderful in, in many ways of his life by he had he had no ordinary birth his mother was a virgin and he had many wonderful he did many wonderful miracles healing people and he is a wonderful teacher where he taught with authority from a child in the temple to an adult and he is a wonderful and he is wonderful because he lived the perfect sinless life he is wonderful because he saved us from the wrath of god where where we deserved eternal condemnation in hell he paid the price for our sin past present and future as he went to the cross and bore our sins to illustrate this it's i know it's a weak illustration but it is kind of fits me it's like if you have your own child or children especially when they are younger then they can be trouble but they can be good and they can be cute but have you ever gone into their bedroom while they sleep they are quiet they are peaceful but you look at them and think they are wonderful perfect creations that god has given you And second part of this verse, Jesus is our counsellor. Not the type of counsellor we have today, but that helps us with therapy. But counsellor in the Hebrew here is a legal counsel who will have perfect wisdom to rule the kingdom. And Jesus is the mighty, is, and it reads here, Jesus is the mighty God. Mighty here in the Hebrew is hero which he is omnipotent, omnipotent meaning infinite power, omni means all, potent means powerful, and God is all powerful. As you read in Genesis chapter 17 verse 1 and Jeremiah chapter 32 verse 17. And we read here, Jesus is the everlasting father. He will govern. He will govern with fatherly care and provision. And lastly, we see here, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. When I used to hear Jesus as the Prince of Peace as a child, I always thought it was Jesus being kind of calm and quiet person. But, but it really means he will rule. His rule will be characterized by shalom, meaning health prosperity peace which will have no hostility or 
conflict. And lastly, in our last point, in point three, Jesus' righteous governance during the kingdom here on earth. And Isaiah 9 verse 7 says here, For the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The Lord Jesus will govern the millennium and we can see four different aspects in this verse. In this verse in Isaiah 9 verse 7. And it reads here, Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. The government and peace will perpetually endure forever in the, in the Millennium Kingdom. It will not be like here in the UK where we have the elections every five years where the country votes for a new leader or vote to keep the present one. But during the Millennium we will, have not, we will not have to vote a new government. Jesus' government will be everlasting. It will be governed per it will be governed perfectly as there will be peace brought by Jesus. And it reads here Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom. This earthly kingdom will be established in Jerusalem and is, and sustained by Jesus on the throne of David. This was prophesied four centuries before in 2 Samuel chapter 7 verse 16 when God spoke to David and then he and then the promise fulfilled by the angel speaking to Mary in Luke chapter 1 verses 32 to 33 which reads he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest the Lord God shall give him give unto him the throne of his father David and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end <clears throat> and kind of the third aspect of this verse it reads here to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth that time forward even forever the third aspect of this is that the Lord will proceed through the millennium, bringing order and establish proper justice and peace. In Daniel chapter 2 verse 24 to 45, it speaks about a prophetic dream that Nebuchadnezzar had. In Daniel 2 verse 44 reads, And the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed and the kingdom shall not be left to other people but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever. Daniel interpreted the dream saying that in the time of tribulation the world will have nations governed by kings. That the great thing is that God will come and set up his kingdom and is unbreakable and all other kingdoms will be consumed into nothing. And also in Luke chapter 1 verse 32 
33 it says, And he shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob for ever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. These two verses are literal and are part of the message from Gabriel to Mary, telling her about the virgin birth. We read that her son Jesus will be given the throne of his father David and will reign over the house of Jacob and his kingdom and will have no end. And we just spoke about David in our second point and and what is the what is the house of Jacob? This is the nation of Israel when Jacob was renamed Israel in Genesis chapter thirty two to verse um, chapter chapter thirty two verse twenty eight and Jacob was part of God's plan, third in line after Abraham and Isaac with the Abraham Abrahamic covenant having the promise of the land, the descendants and blessing. But Jacob, but Jacob was such a character. He was sneaky. He was selfish in his ways. In Genesis chapter 25 verse 27, he selfishly took his brother's birthright. And in Genesis 27, chapter 27, he tricked his dying father, Isaac, and stole the blessing that was due to Esau. Where Rebecca overheard the conversation between Esau and his father about the blessing and she sneakily told Jacob that what was going to happen. And Rebecca devised a plan to trick Isaac by cooking savoury meat from two kid goats and from the skins of the goats covered Jacob's hands and neck because Jacob was a hairless man compared to Esau being hairy. But why did Rebecca act so wickedly. She knew back in Genesis chapter 25 verse 23 that the Lord had spoken to her saying that the two sons were were born that were born the eldest one shall serve the younger. Do you act deceitfully and know that you're doing wrong? You know that you know that and feel the Holy Spirit convicting you of your sinful wrongness but when you get that conviction you need to stop unlike Rebecca but look at Jacob look at look Jacob took the blessing in verse 29 but there were consequences Esau would always hunt him and slay and kill him Rebecca would never see Jacob again and Laban, being Rebecca's brother, being Jacob's uncle, Laban tricked Jacob to to do the seven years' labour to marry Rachel. And after the seven years, he was tricked to marry Leah and had to do other seven years of labour to marry Rachel in Genesis chapter 29. And strife, strife affected Jacob's family through sin and such a time of Leah's daughter Dinah, who was raped by Shechem, the Hevite, in Genesis 34. And also 
Jacob's brother Esau grew a nation that became an enemy of him. And so much happened to Jacob, being taken his own birthright and blessing. If he had, if he had, and his mother had just waited for God's timing, things would have been different. Let's look at our last point in verse seven of Isaiah nine. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Zeal here is a jealous, ardent commitment with a host of an army to have his son on the throne. Throughout the Bible, Lord of hosts or Adonai Tishvut, meaning Lord of animal armies, being the angelic armies of heaven. But who is the Lord of hosts that comes to the end of the tribulation? to come and live through the thousand-year millennium reign with Christ Jesus. We read in Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 to 21, which speaks of the coming Christ. We read in verse 14, it reads here, And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. The armies here is us! It's us. It's us born-again believers. The church that were raptured and taken up before the seven-year tribulation. Jesus first came, his first time on earth, as a lamb to be sacrificed for our sin. And now, in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 7, his second coming is to conquer, to bring judgment, being the king of kings. And Lord of Lords, the beast, the kings, and their enemy are and the armies on the false prophet of a Revelation nineteen verse seventeen, at the Battle of Armageddon will be defeated, and also who were deceived and took the mark of the beast and worshipped his image, all of them will be cast into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone, brimstone alive. So these two verses in Isaiah that we have been looking at are very powerful and are much needed for today. But we are living in the last days before the Lord takes us believers in Christ in the rapture. There is going to be a horrid time during the tribulation. Eve given suffering to the nation Israel. But further in a further chapter in Isaiah 61 verse 2 it says, and the days of vengeance of our God. And Jeremiah calls it in Jeremiah 30 verse 7. And in the times of Jacob's trouble. In the book of Matthew 24. Where Jesus spoke of the Olivet Discourse. But in verses 21 to 28. Especially in verse 21. It says in the second half of the tribulation. Called the Great Tribulation. It reads... For then shall be a great tribulation, which is was not since the beginning of the world. So this time, no, nor ever shall be. And Revelation chapter 6 to 19 will give you more details of these times. And But also John says in Revelation chapter 7 verse 9, it reads here, After this I beheld and lo, a great multitude which no man 
could could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb clothed in white robes and palms in their hands. And John asks who these people are in Revelation chapter 7 verse 14. And, he, and it says here, And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which come out of the great tribulation and have washed their robes, made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So not just the Jews that will go through the great tribulation, but the whole world. This message is for you if you aren't saved or born again. Jesus, Remember Jesus spoke to Nicodemus in John chapter 3 verse 3 and Jesus says here, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And if you aren't born again, you won't see or have the assurance of the inheritance of the kingdom of God. And God doesn't want you to go through the tribulation. If you die or take the mark of the beast, you will surely perish in eternity in hell. And God doesn't want this to happen to anyone today living sinful lives. But if you go through the tribulation, future from now, you can still be saved. There's going to be options. The Revelation speaks of, chapter 11 of Revelation speaks of two witnesses that will be witnessing. And Revelation chapter 7 speaks of the 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 144,000 Jews who will be out witnessing. and But you see, God is holy and righteous. He hates sin. He can't bear sin or a sinful person in his presence. We are all sinners, spiritually, spiritually dead, and we deserve the judgment of God. That is why he sent his son to live a sinful sinful less sinful sinless life here on earth for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given in his son we have hope of eternity in heaven if jesus wasn't sinless there would not be any need for the sacrifice of sin upon jesus on the cross from the sin of Adam and Eve, death came into the God's perfect world that he created for mankind. Through the sin of Adam and Eve and the home of mankind was born into sin and that is why God sent his only son Jesus into the world who was sinless. He lived here a perfect sinless life so that he was put on the cross and took the punishment for our sins. And after he took that punishment, he died on the cross three days and three nights. He was in the heart of the earth and he rose from the dead. And this is gives this given proof that which was foretold in scripture and which Jesus himself prophesied that he was the son of God. So you have a choice today. Either get right before God or spend eternity in hell. Or spend a torment of seven years 
and the tribulation. Though you have a though you have a chance to be saved during the tribulation, it's gonna be tougher with the power of Satan through the Antichrist, the man of lawlessness in two Thessalonians chapter two. But I hope I hope you will take time to ponder the sermon and the verses that I've given and ask God for repentance and put your faith in Jesus because he died for your sins. And as you receive that supernatural new birth and have a personal relationship with him, if you have repented towards God and put your faith in Christ, you are now you are now a member of the family of God. And who can never, and you can never lose your salvation. In John 10, verse 27 to 30, it reads, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they will, and they follow me, and I will give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them from out of my hand. My Father, which Give them to me is greater than all that no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. So what next after this time of Christmas and New Year? If you are saved, you've got to tell someone. Tell someone. Tell someone about this message of the kingdom. In Romans 10, verse 10, it says, For the heart of man believeth unto righteousness, and which the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It is important to become grounded in God's word. So if you haven't already got a Bible, get one. Preferably a KGV, New King James Version, or an ESV Bible. Get a good Bible, even one that has a study Bible connected to it. And start reading the book of John in the New Testament. And find a good Bible-believing church. And join in fellowship with other believers. In Proverbs 23 verse 12 it says here, Apply thine heart unto instruction, and thine ears to the words of knowledge. And 2 Timothy verse 3 Chapter 3, verse 15, it says, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, through faith in which is in Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I pray and you will have a blessed time during this festive season and have a great new year knowing Jesus and being closer and closer through prayer and reading and studying the word of God. Take care and God bless.